0: The final countdown to Election Day is on, and the stress is showing on everyone. Christopher Luxon is running scared from Chris Hipkins. It is utterly infantile and stupid. Really the bull's in his court. We've looked at it and we can't make it work. Let's do the alliteration. Down, dirty and desperate.
1: He's been scamming New Zealanders.
0: Every morning Chris Hipkins wakes up grumpy and negative.
1: Ultimately, if Christopher Luxon wins, New Zealanders would
0: lose. Kia ora, ko Craig McCulloch ho, and a te pūrongo tōranga mō wiki. Welcome to Focus on Politics, I'm Craig McCulloch. We begin this week near its end, with TVNZ's multi-party debate. It illustrates several key features of this campaign. First, the so-called minor parties' unusually high popularity, with both the Greens and ACT polling in the double figures. The second feature is the role of New Zealand First, with three polls in a row now showing the party would be necessary for National and ACT to form a government. And that... Could prove a difficult arrangement.
1: David Seymour, do you trust Winston
0: Peters? Well, the problem is, I, I don't know where he stands on almost any issue. He said he'd stick up for licensed firearm owners, sold them down the river. Said he'd stop co-government. Hapuapu was dreamt up under his nose, even as Deputy Prime this Minister. Is rubbish. He couldn't stop it. That's not.
2: It's not my job to trust David Seymour. Well, it is if you my can job. government with him. You've got to establish trust, and this is not a very good start. Now, I can't think you should get some long, long trousers and behave yourself. Mr Luxon will expect you to do that as well. So get ready. Now, here comes the point. Oh, I will. I will. We'll send you a card. (laughs) Oh, well, look, see... (laughs)
0: <laughs> RNZ's Guyon Espiner and Annika Smith were in the audience.
3: The focus really last night was on how New Zealand First and Act go together. They were literally stood together, the two leaders, Winston Peters and David Seymour. And I think, given that National has explicitly ruled Winston Peters in and the polling shows that they may need to call Winston Peters after the election, we wanted to see how Winston Peters and David Seymour got on. And the short answer is not well. They were bickering constantly. Throughout the debate, they were, but it, it was interesting to me
1: that Peters
3: was actually the
1: more conciliatory of the two. David Seymour went as far as saying he could, he wouldn't trust Winston Peters, uh, whereas Winston Peters, despite his sort of quite strange references to long trousers, um, which he seems to be quite fond of um, alluding to, um, I guess saying that you know he's the adult in the room versus people with short pants or whatever. I don't want to dig too far into that metaphor uh, this early in the morning, but um, he seemed more conciliatory, saying based after the election, you can say what you like before the election, but afterwards we'll all have to get on with it. What do you think the, the strategic differences were between what Seymour was aiming for and what Peters was aiming for in that sort of uh, scrap?
3: Yeah, Talk. speaking of long trousers, Winston Peters is saying that on an almost daily basis at the moment, saying that people need to keep their trousers on or put long trousers on, and I think the reference there is trying to uh, position himself as the adult in the room. Um... I think from David Seymour's perspective, he went in, he wasn't too bolshy in the debate, he had a few cracks, but he did ultimately say, as you said, that he doesn't trust Winston Peters, and I asked him at the stand-up afterwards, I said, can you work with someone that you can't trust? And his answer was... You do your best, which is hardly hardly inspires confidence, you know, whereas Winston Peters wanted to position himself as the adult in the room, you know who could who could sort of sort it out. and I think he did come across as as more statesmanlike than normal, and I think he wanted to position himself like mm. that as you know so people can see that that sort of three-headed um, three, three-way marriage working after mm. the election.
0: The prospect of that three-way marriage was prominent this week as the reality began to set in for all players. Last week, National's Christopher Luxon says he was open to such a deal, but only if absolutely necessary. And since then, the party's language has hardened, with National MPs calling it a last resort or worst-case scenario. On Thursday, it released a video of former leader Sir John Key pleading with voters not to put National in that position. Imagine if we woke up on the 15th of October in limbo land. At the same time, National pushed out an accompanying ad on social media, reiterating that message. It says, don't risk eight weeks of coalition talks, don't risk an uncertain result. Effectively, don't risk Winston Peters. The economic situation isn't dissimilar to 2008, when my government came in and guided New Zealand through the global financial crisis. We could only take decisive action because there was a clear result on election night and a strong mandate to get things done. If there's one team with the competence to steer New Zealand through tough economic times again, it's Chris Luxon and his national team. So don't risk having no clear election result. If you want change, party vote national and make sure national has the numbers to get our country back on track. The appeal drives home Nationals' position. Yes, the polls put the party on track to take power, but victory with New Zealand first is a far less appealing outcome than without it. Putting aside the personality problems, there are major policy differences too bring in NBR's political editor, Brent Edwards, and RNZ's political editor, Jane Patterson.
2: I mean, at one point, ACT was thinking that it was going to have at least a quarter of the cabinet, you know, looking at earlier polls, um, and that it would have real leverage in a national-led government if that's what the result is. Now, of course, if it faces the prospect that a government is formed, and it includes New Zealand first, then ACT's leverage is going to be reduced immensely. So I think it's those policy differences that are going to be the Key to whether they can form a constructive government or not.
1: And Jane. National now desperately trying to signal to its voters and to anyone out there who'll listen, hey don't throw me a coalition of chaos um, they've dragged John Key into this, obviously he will have a lot of sway with uh, with people, he was a very popular Prime Minister, but how successful do you think them bringing John Key in to say hey don't deliver up C- Christopher Luxon with a coalition of chaos G- give us an act, national clean result, how effective? Do you think that that will be for him?
4: Well, Guy, and it's chaos everywhere, isn't it, if you listen to the politicians. um, It was the coalition of chaos on the left at the start of this campaign, and now National's warning about it potentially in its own governing arrangement. Look, I think that the panic's almost starting to set in between National and ACT in terms of the realisation that they may have to work with Winston Peters. So you've had John Key coming out, a warning of limbo land, which maybe didn't sound quite so ominous, delivered in a broad Kiwi accent, basically saying if you don't get behind National, you could leave it in the position where it is negotiating with New Zealand first and ACT, and that's not going to be good for anybody. And then you also had the same tack from David Seymour putting out a video basically pleading for votes saying, uh, you know, don't go with the guy that's shown so many other times that uh, he is not willing to work for the greater good or the government, you know, that that he is in. And in terms of those policy points that uh, Brent was raising, so... Some interesting ones, the foreign buyers ban, New Zealand First starting to question not just the numbers around uh, National's tax plan, but also Shane Jones, senior New Zealand First candidate, saying, well, actually, we don't like lifting the partial lifting of the foreign buyers ban. Uh, in the first place, let alone actually getting on and and taxing those houses. Also the age of superannuation. New Zealand First very wedded to keeping that age nationals policy and actors to lift it, albeit gradually. So um, some stumbling blocks there. But, yeah, fascinating strategy this week as you start to see those... the dynamic shift and the, the realities of what we might be looking at on October the 15th become clear including to the politicians.
1: Yeah, I'll bring you in Craig here but I'll open this to others too. I take Brent's and Jane's point about the policy differences but I wonder whether personalities are important here as well. I mean if you go back to say 2005 where the Greens were, were left out of a Labour-led government right, they still gave confidence in supply even though they didn't get ministerial positions. They Kind of played nice in simple sort of headline language. I I might be wrong, but when I look at the sort of belligerence or the, the style of David Seymour and Winston Peters, this seems a little different to me as a trio. What do you think, Craig?
0: Perhaps. I do think that maybe one of the under-reported features of last night's debate was that quiet camaraderie actually between Winston Peters and James Shaw um, and of course they worked together in a governing arrangement that many thought would fall apart and end in tears. Now of course there was, there was some level of bitterness there at the the end of that 2017 term but the Greens, New Zealand First and Labour did manage to get some things done. They didn't fall apart um, before that election date and um, I, I do think that, that they proved that that was possible. I think probably at a bigger picture, Nationals biggest problem, and it was a problem during its 2017 term in opposition to is that it just has a lack of friends it has a lack of options it thought it could get there with just ACT now it's looking like it's going to need New Zealand first and it's got, there's no one else there's no one else that it could go with it It doesn't have any other options John Key of course had the Māori Party uh, he had United Future he had ACT and then he even had New Zealand first as a possible if unlikely option as well now National only has those two options ACT and New Zealand first and he may well end up needing both of them that may be an uncomfortable arrangement, but it's certainly preferable to the one Labor finds itself in, lagging in the polls with no road to power. Its campaign was dealt a double blow this week, with Chris Hipkins laid low by COVID-19. Obviously COVID-19 knocks you around a little bit, but I'm, I'm certainly starting to feel a lot better today. I think i uh, give it another day or two and I should be fighting fit. Chris Hipkins' COVID captivity has clearly hindered Labour's campaign, with his offsiders trying to fill the gap on the ground – but not really succeeding. It led to some awkward and low-energy encounters, a vibe he hopes to turn around now that he's out of isolation.
3: He's got to keep pushing. He'll be throwing everything he can at the campaign. I think it's just the nature of sort of the you know, the climate we live in, you get struck down with COVID. Everyone's been there, everyone's caught COVID before a wedding or a big event or a job interview and, um, you know, he, he got it in, in the fight for his, his life um, as Labour leader. Brent, it's
1: not, um, I can't think of any occasion where you've seen such a um, collapse in support from being a, um, well, they had a majority didn't they? <laughs> Which was, we were told was was not really even going to be possible under MNP and on current polling, they might even halve their numbers. Um, it's been a pretty disastrous year, really, for Labour, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, well, it has. Although, I mean, I, I always think that 2020 result was one out of the box. And, I, I you know, it was kind of, I guess, because of COVID, an, an inexplicable result, really. And it probably didn't really reflect Labor's true support, which would be lower. But, But yeah, they have. I mean, I think one of the things, you know, Losing four ministers this year, I can't remember a time where that happened. I mean, four ministers—that—that that really, I think, probably completely upset Chris Hipkins' sort of chances of really, really pushing Labor's prospects. In this election, they already faced a tough task in terms of the cost of living, inflation and, and, you know, this view around where the economy's at. But once those four ministers all went for different reasons, but none of them particularly good, then, I mean, I think that really undermined. And it fed into that national line of, a, you know, this a coalition of chaos. Well, you, already, you had the government in chaos. So, yeah, that certainly hasn't helped.
0: The major parties' respective positions perhaps explain the scrappy nature of this week, with name-calling and mudslinging on either side. Labour's candidates struggled to stick to the party line on a wealth tax, while National was caught out over-egging its tax cut promise. Just one week to go, and plenty to watch out for. I think that they were going to see some key messages coming out of both camps in terms of Labour and national. Labour, obviously, um, the, the polls do not look good for them, and it, it will be a, a, an almost insurmountable challenge for them to get into a position where they can potentially pull together a government. Uh, um, if you look at uh, national, then the positioning um, coming from them is going to be, again, as we've seen this last week, Do not put us in a position where we have to work with New Zealand First. Do not put us in a position where we have to work with Winston Peters. That's a tricky message. Um, They're talking to that sort of soft middle, those... Jacinda Ardern, John Key voters saying, look, make sure you turn out, this isn't, um, make sure you vote, this isn't a done deal, don't get complacent, otherwise, yes, we may have to work with Mr Peters, that's the big question for them. Those are the two questions outstanding for me, really, is, is where does Labour's vote exactly end up on that night, and what is Winston Peters' role going to be in any future government?
1: Annika, what are you looking at?
3: Yeah, as someone that that is is following um, the ACT party, I'll I'll be with ACT on election night and support for ACT, um, the party vote has sort of dipped and and then plateaued and as you said earlier, as someone said earlier, they were looking like they'd make up a third of the cabinet and and that sort of has just been dashed on the rocks now. So I think David Seymour will be pushing really hard to get his party vote up with Winston Peters (laughs) being the elephant in the room there. Brent, um, I guess one of the big questions,
1: uh, if, the poll, if the polls are right, is whether National and that can get over the line on their own, right?
2: Yeah, well, that is a big question, and clearly um, National wants that to be the case. Um, it's getting increasingly desperate, actually, trying to rule New Zealand first out, which raises the question, why did Christopher Luxon rule them in in the first place? Um, but yeah, I mean, there'll be a big thing around that. It'll be interesting to see where, obviously, where Labour's vote ends up. One of the things it needs to do is try and get its supporters out, because it's really been attacked on both sides, from, from I guess, people who you might think are centre-right voters who don't like what it's been doing. But probably it's more traditional supporters, don't think it's done enough for them. So uh, you can see with the way that Labour's been attacking national, it's a message to their own supporters to say, if you don't like what we've been doing, just think what will happen under a change of government. And so I think
1: they'll push that for the last week. And Jane, to finish with you, what what are you looking out for in that last week?
4: Well, obviously those... uh combinations, national and act, where do they end up, Where does New Zealand first Um, how much momentum does Winston Peters have coming through the polls and the Greens will be interesting too, who've had a strong campaign. The other thing that's going to be very interesting is early voting so in 2020 advanced voting was 68% of the vote and uh, you can see those early voting starting to come out now and turnout I think is going to be another important element this debate, whether people actually get out and vote.
0: You can vote right now and right up until 7pm on October 14. This year's campaign may have seemed like a long one, but it will soon be over, and then the coalition talks will begin. That's Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. Thanks for joining us. Matua.